This is a trigger warning from the legal department. Just reminding you that this shit is pretty heavy. And that's okay. Take a deep breath. Don't forget to hydrate. Wash your fucking hands. Hello, humans. Welcome back for another installment of the Revenue Reel Hotline. Oh my gosh, guys. It has been a bear of a week. And whose conversation to better work on than the great Larry Long Jr., the king of positivity himself. And we're not just talking about that bullshit toxic positivity that like one serves no purpose, two is not accurate, and three makes you just want to like kick people in the face. We're talking about a true decision made day after day after day to present Uh, a happy and positive face and attitude to the world and I don't think I've ever in my entire life met anyone that that does a better job at this and yeah so Larry and I we talk about mindset and limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome We talk about community and relationships and the power of giving and also receiving. We talk about Larry going off on his own and how scary that can be. We talk about the impact of professional coaching. We get into race and gender and allyship. We talk about transitioning into sales leadership and we we get into pit plans and the discomfort that is letting humans go in this profession. Really though, we talk human. Ah, So anybody has any thoughts, questions, comments, or just wants to call BS on on any part of it, definitely hit us up on the hotline at 646-470-0248. That's 646-470-0248. If you see any value or hear any value in things that we discuss, do tell a friend. I take that as the highest compliment. I'm your host, Amy Rehubchek. This is the Revenue Rail Hotline. Enjoy. Larry Long Jr., welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. What's up, Amy? <sighs> oh my gosh. Okay, so wait, can you see Lola? Look, she's, she's very excited and happy. As as you were being excited, she just put her head down and it's like, okay. What kind of dog? King Charles Cavalier, 75%, 25% toy poodle, Cavapoo, they're called. Wow. He's wow. my ride or die bitch, Larry. <laughs> Rough riders. I heard you. I just listened to the Jeff Bajoric episode. Well, anyway, well, we can get into this. Okay, so have you listened to any of these episodes? Do you know what you've gotten yourself involved in, friend? Oh, I, I, did, I did a little bit of research. I'm ready. I didn't listen to a whole episode, but I listened to pieces. Which and, one? Uh, you, yeah, you, which you had my good friend Jordana on. She was buzzing about you. She was buzzing. Well, that's uh, that made the list of one of the cool things that have happened to me since Larry Long Jr. hit my path, and that was the intro to Georgiana. Um, yes, you're right. That was that was and and RJ as well. My God. Okay, so here let's get the business out of the way. The target audience is the experienced tech seller. Yep. The theme of the show: conversations about uncomfortable conversations in sales. I generally leave the last 10 minutes to ask like two questions. One is a question, one's a piece of advice. Uh, I'm not going to give you that in advance. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but something tells me you can handle it, Larry Long Jr. 
And uh, the only, there are no rules in this, or excuse me, the only rule in this space is that there are no rules. This is a judgment-free zone, mistake-friendly zone, tangent-friendly zone. And yeah, we, we get pretty real on this show, Larry. So that's, that's how it goes. Um, okay. With that, I wrote down a bunch of things that we could possibly talk about conversation wise as starters, whatever. I'm going to read them to you. Then if there's any that are not on the list that you would prefer to start with, we can absolutely do that. But the, the deal is I made the list. So you have to choose where we start. Okay. And this is my damn show. So, you know, that's the best part. You can make all these stupid arbitrary rules. Um, But my favorite, of course, is that there are none. All right. So of course, the story of how we met, which I think is pretty special. Um, Both times. Then it's the impact to your Jordana. Uh, Listen, the impact that your intros have had for me in the most beautiful way. I mean, Larry, like I'm tearing up just thinking about it. Uh, like it's, I don't even have words strong enough, so I'm just going to move on. Um, going off on your own and all the feels involved, especially like I'm thinking about someone that's so accustomed to team and team sports and, and longevity. And so like keynoting and, and training, like there's a, there's a piece of that. And so I'm curious about on, on both sides of the things, just the feels. And then of course, how you're kind of coming to terms with um, that, if at all, the data, right? So the last time I saw you, it was in the, uh, something, it was um, Rev League and I said something or you said something and I just sensed a value judgment around data as being like it skewing negative as, as opposed to being a benign tool that can be used as a force for good or bad. But I think a lot of people in this profession, right, would, could, would and can empathize with that with all the dashboards shoved in our faces, the activity <laughs> metrics, the, you know, and so like data is, is in many ways. Um, yeah. So there's that. And I, you know, but from a personal perspective, like that, I was one thing I wanted to talk about mindset as being a lifelong, so mind, body, and soul. Right. But this idea that working on our default brains, which is my word for the, all the brain that we're born with, <laughs> um, it never stops, right. There's no, I have arrived moment. It never stops. Uh, sales communities, using and having fun, right? Which is something I think we forget about a lot in in team cohesiveness and also recharging and you know taking off the superhero cape, but right, fun. And then if it ain't broke, break it. But anyway, so with that, I'm going to stop there and say that I I listened to one episode of yours and it was on the wine the buy with Jeff and he gosh darn it Jeff he took my idea which is. When, when we're, when we're happy and project, like there's, we're, it's important to be that and show up in those spaces, but that doesn't mean that we always feel that. And when we don't feel that, what do we do? And so I will listen to it right before. And now it's like, God, I darn it. I have to come up with a new one. So thanks a lot, Jeff Bajoric. Um, Okay. But anyway, so Larry, with that said, where would you like to begin? I mean, this is so fresh. I just got off of a call with my coach. So the one that you were talking about, I don't know if it was mind, body, soul, or continuous learn. It was what you said about our default brain, Mm -hmm. because I'm going through some challenges now. Uh, I'm going through a lot of challenges now. Imposter syndrome, am I good enough? Uh, Time management, procrastination, uh, believe in my own shit and hype, 
like I'm writing a I'm writing a story that isn't the best story in my own mind mm-hmm. and it's having an impact. So I would love to start there. Every topic that you mentioned is spot on. Hmm. Spot on. Okay, so let's start here. And then I, I do we're, we are gonna toss in our story because I think it's really special and I think there's some some wisdom in that for others. Um, wise enough to listen and, and to pick it out. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about that. So it's fucking real, right? We all go through it. We don't talk about it often because it's far easier and sexier to talk about our wins or talk it. Um, and especially when the brand is around mindset, you know, there's that, there's that piece of it. And so the best in the spirit of the best is yet to come. So why don't you walk us through, like, what are, you mentioned a bunch like what's the biggest one so you've been for for our listeners you you set up shop about three months ago now two months ago march 26 officially but i've been doing it as a hobby as a hobby for years okay so let's stick with that march 26 so that puts us at june 30th so this is my birthday so quarter right what during the during the past quarter what is what have those, I don't want to say fears, but limiting beliefs, what have they been for you and have like, a, I, I'm trying to ascertain like how, how strong they are still after three months, right? Are oh, you I, going, I, I, yeah. well, well, we're on the revenue real. I'm going to keep it real. It's uh, the, the thought was, are you stupid or are you dumb to leave a, a paycheck every two weeks, a commission check every month? and a bonus every quarter. Like, what's wrong with you? You got a family to take care of. And that was a big kind of struggle in my head. But for me and my faith, and my mom told me, you need to pray harder. Essentially, God's plan for me is exactly where I'm at. And he, he gave me some signs that said, this is where I need you to be. This right. is where you should be. Right. Now, I believe in it. I trust in it. But there's still that fear, uncertainty, and doubt, that FUD that's in the back of my head. Like, am I worthy? Am I going to be able to support my family and take care of what I, what my obligations are doing something that I enjoy? I love rocking the mic, but in the past, it hasn't paid the bills. It's, it's been a hobby. And my, my wife said, baby, I love you, but free 99 doesn't keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. It doesn't pay our car note, doesn't pay our mortgage. Mm -hmm. So you need to either figure this out or you better find another job. (laughs) So when was that that conversation? Because I remember the one that you shared, but like before you went, uh, made the switch, which was you shared also about your wife anyway. But so your wife said that you spent all this time coaching and advising and helping others to pursue their passions and their dreams you should do the same. And so it's funny now to hear that. And so, yeah, I, I guess the original question here is that when, when did the, this, the, we got to keep the lights on here while, while we're driving, when did that happen? When it got real, when it got real, real, when it really got real, uh, that, Hey, I'm not going to have this, uh, these paychecks coming in. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I support you. I love you. Uh, and I want to see how are we going to keep the lights on? How are we going to keep the house? How are we going to stay afloat? And we 
we've planned, we we've got savings, right? Uh, but that's not that's kind of our plan D. Yeah, it's not plan A, B, C. But what I found is just this community has been so just loving and supportive. Like there's no other way to put it. It's, it's like when I got vulnerable and I shared with people, here goes where I'm at, here goes what I'm doing. People have really showed up and showed out in ways that I never, I would say in ways that I don't deserve, but I'm, I'm changing that mindset because I'm just, I'm accepting it. People are blessing me left and right, right and left, up and down. It's been amazing. Just uh, the support of the community. And I don't know, it's, it's been one of those things where I've given and I've given and I still continue to give because I'm a giver. Now it feels, it's just awesome to be able to receive some of these blessings from folks that, yes, I would have thunk it, but others it's like, whoa, are you serious? Like, are you, are you gotta be kidding me? Company, mm-hmm. company out of Germany, a multi-billion dollar company out of Germany, mm-hmm. Enkel. They do our uh, dial uh, soaps. They do laundry detergents. Okay. I connected with the gentleman. I think it was like July 2nd of last year. Mm-hmm. Sent him a couple funny gifs. Sent him a little audio message. Uh, I think you had talked about differentiation. Made sure I stood out. But he's been following me, my little midweek, midday motivational minute, and reached out and said, hey, our team is looking for a speaker. I don't know if you speak, but do you? Uh, I said, yeah. He said, do you want to speak to him? I said, oh, uh, yeah. And just having that opportunity to work with this organization, I'm just little Larry Long Jr. in Durham, North Carolina. Who would have thunk it? I mean, I'm having conversations with companies that I never Microsoft. Come on now. That's Hoot insane. Sweet. Like, yeah. Hootsuite. Are you kidding me? Hootsuite? Yeah, they're me? good. I like, yeah, they're they're smart over there. So that doesn't surprise me very much, actually. That it they surprises would... me. Like, how do I, how how do I even have this opportunity to have a conversation with them? So it's it's just been amazing. This journey, this adventure, this misadventure. It's been a bit of a misadventure, mm-hmm. but it's been fun. I mean, it's uh either you laugh or you, you gotta laugh to keep from crying sometimes. <laughs> you gotta laugh yeah it's so funny okay so to this misadventure and to this learning curve so I've been sharing that with the podcasting like and this is something in the episode that I covered we covered on the Davidson hang episode which was he was an AE at a LinkedIn learning and we, like I was the prospect while at remesh and so this is how our, our friendship started But anyway, he was also the first AE that I saw that had a podcast. Then when I did Andy Paul's episode, like the first time I was on his show last summer, first time being interviewed, first time being on a podcast. Now, mind you, I use the speaking circuit to to open up opportunities. So like, by the way, if you need any ideas around how to design a product offering to teach sales teams how to use speaking, um. Yeah. Or a learning path around speaking like I, that would be something that I would pay for if I were a VP to help my team learn how to how to speak like that. But anyway, so that could, that, we could just talk about that later. But anyway, so I um, I knew in that moment after getting done with that call that podcasting was going to be an important critical skill moving forward and that how the hell was I going to empower sellers with this critical skill if I myself do not know how to do it. And so. And it's funny because like Mercy reports a similar type of scenario, both and also with Andy Paul too, like through her exposure to him, who was the person that introduced us. 
Anyway, it's been a long time, Larry, since I have taken on a learning curve as steep and as unforgiving as podcasting. And, you know, I, there's, so there's four phases of the learning of the learning quadrant conscious or unconscious incompetence, right? Ignorance is bliss. Beautiful place to be, right? Just ex- absolutely excellent. You don't even know what you don't know. Just, yeah, just try not to like speak too loudly because sometimes, you know, but anyway, so the stage two though is conscious incompetence and that is fucking brutal. It's brutal. And so it moves on conscious competence, uh, unconscious competence, where everything's in routine. And, but anyway, so I think of all the new skills involved or whenever someone's taking on something new for the first time, yep. not to say that what you're doing is new for the first time, but there are new aspects yeah. for sure. Yeah. How are you handling, not handling the learning curve, but I know that you know how to learn and I know that you know how to coach. And so one of the things that for those that know how to learn and for those that know how to coach individual and be coached, there are things that we can do to impact the, the length of time that we spend hanging out in, in phase two, which is conscious incompetence, which is brutal, painful. You're staring in the mirror of truth and you can see all your pores and like the wrinkles and where you've got a like random hair coming out of your, your, your upper lip. I, I this is, I don't know. You may not care as much about the random hair is coming out of your upper lip, but that's a thing for me. So, you know, <laughs> but anyway, how are you handling conscious incompetence as it relates to mindset. Yeah, it's uh, in this new space and you're absolutely correct. The world of professional speaking, professional coaching is different from the world of amateur speaking, being a hobbyist as a coach. So I'm learning and I invested in a coach myself. It's, Mm -hmm. he kind of asked the question, who's coaching the coach? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I tell you that, that exercise for me to hire my coach, Kristen Frady, was it was it was challenging i had to step out of my comfort zone and get comfortable with being uncomfortable and i tell you it hurts so good it's been absolutely amazing the work that we've been doing and the the discussion that she stimulates i mean she's got me thinking and saying and really calling me on my own bs and saying that's okay have you thought about this? Uh, that's good, but don't you want to be great? So it's, uh, oh, it's, it's been an exercise in just the learning in self, my, my personal, my relationships, as well as the business side, because it all is intertwined. So it's, if, if you don't have a coach, I strongly, strongly encourage you to get over any barriers that you have. I know I had barriers. I don't want to invest the money. I don't really need a coach. I'm Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. And I probably would have been good, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to be good. I want to be great. And getting to be great on your own is very difficult. Very difficult. Very hard. It's funny. So I'm, I'm remembering Laura. So Laura Westman was mine also same institute with Davidson hang and, and mercy. Right. So they all, I didn't know this at the time, but Laura, I, I was working with a CBT therapist, cognitive behavior therapy and a psychiatrist really mostly for the sleep stuff. But I, um, when, when I, <laughs> I put Laura through the ringer when we were going through the, um, the selling motion because she was expensive. And I like, 
I, I asked her for referrals for people that were in a lower price bracket and she gave them to me and I went and spoke with, I mean, and then, and it got, and it, I, I was saying, I was doing the math in my head. Like, so here's PhD, CBT therapist, PhD, psychiatrist. And this is the, both of them combined price point on a weekly basis. And so I, um, I had some questions about that. And so, but at the very end, right, what sealed the deal was that I tossed out yet another question to Laura about, you know, some, some, some ridiculous thing having to do with value and like whatever, like I was doing. And, you know, that's fun for me also to push back on like the buying experience. But anyway, so Laura was like, you know what I mean? That's a, that is an excellent question. However, and I, I do have that answer. However, it's become very obvious to me that the first thing that we're going to have to work on is trust. And so I'm not going to give you the answer. And it just floored me in that moment. And I just, of course, then I've, you know, sign that just like, just write the checks, like to just take them. And, and it was the most, and I even remember Davidson, like, cause I found her cause of Davidson had done an episode or wrote a post about it. And, and I messaged him on the side. I was like, okay, so let's talk value about, you know, Laura, whatever. He's like, Amy, it was the most productive year of my entire career. And so whenever I hear about and I cannot understand and relate, right? The resistance to investing in a coach. But we also don't talk about the opportunity costs lost by not doing so. Also a function of time and energy. Um, we don't talk about... <sighs> yeah, like, so I, I remember one... You would think that we would cover this with the CBT stuff, but like we ran through an exercise because I was working on like productivity too. That was a big thing for me. Yep. Well, you look like you're going to say something. I'll pause here and then we'll come back or not maybe. What were you going to say? No, no, no. I'm listening. Oh, you're listening? Yeah. Okay. So we, I was worried. This was my big thing. Like I I felt like I just wasn't getting enough done in the day. And like I, it was like tearing me up and I was spending. And so it was a, it was a, a, we use an observation log, which is something that I, I used often when you're measuring time where something, there's not a software that you can just extract data points from, like, and you, you, you get people to take and keep observation logs. <clears throat> but Laura asked me to do one on my, like, it's like the, your, your thoughts, your feelings and body sensations. So it was like once a day, take pause on and think about what you had done and then like capture how you were thinking about it in the moment, like what you were feeling and then body sensations. And, you know, because I know the value of, of observation logs, I probably did like two or three entries a day for the week or two that I did this. And I realized Larry, when I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing, what I knew to be me, right. Cause this was a, a to be exercise. I, I wasn't breathing as well. I would stop breathing. And I, and so learning how that mind, body, and soul were connected. Yes. And then I couldn't tap into what, what, which zone I was operating in by just taking a pause and focusing on how I was feeling and my body sensations. Are you kidding me? Like what I have learned, how, the amount of times that I have used that to stop myself when I was doing something since that I know now not to be true. And this is, and I am, as an IC for 10 years, I was obsessed with being more productive, more productive, more productive. But people are still quite with a big question mark are whether or not to invest in a coach, which is just mind blowing. Yeah. 
I'm sure you're experiencing that now too from the. Yeah. I mean, folks are resistant to it in some instances and, and there's a rationalization of what am I going to get out of it? What's my return on investment? And it's one of those things for me, I've seen it come back in spades, the work that I'm doing with my coach push. It. It's kind of like when you're lifting weights, uh, can you lift 225 by yourself? For sure. Those last couple reps without someone spotting you, cheering you on, yeah. telling you, you got this, you're not going to get the max. And that was what, that's been my biggest learning is that I'm now giving myself a better opportunity to get the max out of what I have inside because of the work that I'm doing with the outside resource that's holding me accountable, encouraging me to think in different ways that I don't, that I haven't normally thought about and just changing my perspective to be more open instead of this is just the way it is. No, that's a self-limiting belief and beliefs that uh, have been holding me back for years, unfortunately. Mm, I don't know anything about those. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, we're coming at the aha moments, like as I'm, you know, approaching uh, a new birthday year, but yeah, no, I, again, I cannot relate to that statement in the least, Larry. I, I, I figured it all out in my early twenties. There's absolutely nothing else to learn. And in fact, everything that I learned in that moment, I learned it perfectly without any misinterpretations whatsoever. And listeners, just so we're clear about what Larry shared on the having a coach to push you through and having a professional coach, I mean, we're talking to a former pro athlete here who has spent a lot of time then in in, in coaching at that professional uh, college, level. College athlete. Oh, I tried sorry, out sorry, for sorry. The pros. D one. Oh, what was it? I. You're. Mm, my bad. I shouldn't have known that. But you said something about the on Jeff's episode, the Jeff Bajoric about um, spring training. But yeah, the Dodgers and the Red Sox. They said thank you for coming out. Oh, God bless okay. you and good night. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. So I took my talents. This was way before LeBron did. I took my talents to South Beach to enjoy spring break with some uh, colleagues and uh, drown away some former classmates, drown away all my sorrows. (laughs) I don't know anything about that either. It's funny. I, I, I could or want to like dig into like how the career progression and the, the moment of that, but we, I did this on, uh, Andrew Herman's episode, episode 10 is one of my college buddies played pro soccer was D one. He was the rookie of the year for the Patriot league at American university. He was one of the most gifted soccer players I've ever met. Um, and then blew out his knee. Like it was six surgery. Like it was just, and Ooh. so it was a hard pivot, you know, but anyway, so we, we did that all, we did that conversation already. So we're going to stick with you and I in a different direction. But anyway, listeners, think Indiana Jones and stepping off the cliff with some trust. And yeah, you may have some comfort in the experiences and the results that you're getting going the way that you're going. However, 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 what's to say it can't be better. And blind spots being what they are, by definition, we can't see them. We don't see them. We don't feel them. And so it's, yeah, there, yeah. To have a professional coach in a professional that understands the professional implications of all things being, 
Lola decided she wanted to jump off my lap. And so she took the cord with her anyway. So having a professional coach like that, um, there's nothing there. I've never had an experience anywhere close to or near it. And so Larry, what was the name of your coach's one more time's name? Yeah. Kristen Frady. She's with a group called Novus Global. Novus Global. They believe in four levels of performance, low performance, average performance, high performance, and what we're working for is meta performance. It's kind of like the Mamba mentality. Mm-hmm. You've been good. You've been a high performer. Now what? Yeah. You've been great. How do we push it to the next limit? And she said, hey, if you're going to set goals that you could attain without me, you might as well save your money. Let, let's go ahead. And I think some people call them BHAGs. Let's set some big, hairy, audacious goals and outcomes, things that you can get excited <laughs> about yeah, yeah. when you think about. Mm-hmm. And let's go. She said, it's amazing how the brain will, like you said, you'll find a way to get to the moon. And even if you miss the moon, you're still amongst the stars. So she's pushing me to the, what I would consider my limit. And then some, I'm like, Oh, what in the world? This is ridiculous. And she's like, yeah, it is. That's why I'm here. Let's go ahead and get the ridiculous. Let's accomplish the ridiculous. Let's accomplish those things that you never would have thunk. I mean, I'm in the middle of writing a book. I'm, I'm writing a book and I, I, I can barely read. Don't tell no one else. I can barely read. How am I writing a book? But I'm super excited. It's pushing me out of my comfort zone. And hopefully I'm able to share some stories and my legacy and uh, impact others for the positive. So it's, it's just a lot of amazing things going, Amy. I'm also staring at the beginning stages of that. And like, yeah, so I, I hear you and I feel you there pretty hard. You said something that I want to, I want to touch back on, and this is the idea of the default brain and yeah. our existing thought patterns <laughs> and neuro pathways, depending on if we want to get all scientific about it. Um, but something that it actually occurred to me while I was listening to all the take care stories was that our brains, our default brains, right. Are designed to keep us alive, right. Prevent pain, you know, whatever. And so that doesn't really serve us very well in like the modern age in most instances. But what I learned in one of these stories that I was listening to was that our brains will are fucking smart and they know us better than anyone and they will use the exact thing or things that it knows will get us to, you know, put ourselves in less danger, right? Not feel pain. And by the way, all growth takes place outside of our comfort zones. And there are some growing pains associated with that, but the brain default brain, right. Is, is going to try to eliminate all of them. And so I think about, how unfair that can be. Yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on. It's uh, life isn't fair. It's not fair. Yeah. Well, it's like, it, even when, not to impose like you on what's on yours, but like if, if the biggest concern is keeping the lights on for our, or like, you know, keeping my, my family and my children provided for, then that's going to be the, the hook that the brain uses. That's right. To pull you back into safety. That's, that's right. So true. And uh, believe you me, it's a loud voice. But what, what I'm focused on is how do I stay positive? How do I stay focused on, on the, uh, the prize? 
on, on the goal, on the mission. And if you keep that core, everything else takes care of itself. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. My goal is to impact, essentially speak with coaching, speaking, 10,000 individuals between July 1st and December 31st. If I can, if I can accomplish that, everything else is going to fall into place for sure. Hmm. It's amazing what happens when you have a goal and put a number on it and then can silence everything else. That's, uh, you know, it's funny. That's what I miss most when I stop selling, like the, the ambiguity around like objectives or just like, you know, people that are learning to communicate anyway. So why don't like, so there are two things that are, that are coming to mind and I'm looking. So we still got, we got plenty of time here. The, the two things are our story, but also Larry, I've confronted a very large value judgment of my own as of late that is triggering a new world, I guess you could say, but at the same time, it's exciting. And, but I almost, I want to share it with you because I know that you have a lot of experience in this realm, but at the same time, I also want to talk about our, our origin story. What do you remember about the way that we met Larry? Uh I think what I remember my first instance. So I've seen, I had seen you on LinkedIn before commenting, posting, but the first time that we officially crossed pads, I think was in the Rev Genius uh, event. And it was a uh, black sellers event. And first of all, I was surprised. Okay. What are you doing here? And you actually, you cared and it wasn't just you being there, but it was what you were saying, contributing, listening. And uh, that really, that, that had an impact on me right there. A, 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 a pretty profound impact that you were putting the work in. You were getting out there, getting exposure, learning, open to learning, open to sharing with a group that you're not necessarily a part of, but it was, uh, that, that's really, that's what impressed me about you from our first, from what I can remember is our first interaction. Which then leads us to <laughs> why you would be so responsive to a random on LinkedIn that sent you a message on a Saturday that then led to an immediate phone call that lasted for like an hour and a half. Um, so listeners, I was working with the CEO and I'm going to keep this just a little bit vague because this is not my story, but I was, I heard what their goal was, what their objective was and aligning with athletic departments at colleges, right. Was a thing. And so my brain, but it wasn't even, it was about like, when I think about that angle, I think about injecting more diversity into a very closed white space in many instances. And so we saw an opportunity on the, you know, allyship front and showing up for uh, my, my black human friends and those that I am not friends with yet. And, you know, economic participation and all that shit. And so my brain, I was like, okay, who can I alert, 
you know, I wanted to, you know, pull resources, but I, and I was running through Larry, like influential black humans that I knew of or remembered. And there was a couple, as I shared with you. However, when I went on your LinkedIn page, I saw that you were working with college department or collegiate programs. And it was like, talk about science. And then I, we got on a, a call and it was a beautiful conversation. And I was sharing, it's funny because the aha moment that I have uh, have since arrived to is kind of similar to when you were like, okay, here's the sales enablement humans that I know to be rock star. Um, and it was the impact that those humans have had on my life. It's like, have you, are you watching Loki? You know how they do all the spinoff multiverses, right? Or do, are you a Marvel fan? Do you know what I'm talking about or no? No, I have no idea. I'm okay, sorry. So, no, so this is the new Disney Plus. They, It's the new Loki. I mean, you know, Larry, I'll try not to hold it against you. But anyway, so this is a, it's like a multiverse, whatever. And so they're messing with time. And apparently it's going to connect back to, hypothetically speaking, uh, Doctor Strange, who is my favorite Marvel comic, not to not to project anyone's love of magic onto others or pixie dust or whatever. But anyway, so that said, the the spinoff events that have come from those introductions and from those people and from those relationships, it's just like I, they're they're so branched out now at this point that I've I've lost. There's no quantifying them at this point. And so, thank you, big public thank you, big public thank you, and yeah. I appreciate that. The feeling is mutual because don't, don't forget the folks that you've introduced me to that have been phenomenal contacts in the sales world, in the entrepreneurial space, in the sports world. So I'm a, I'm appreciative and we, Oh, that's right. You did connect with Andrew. Oh oh my gosh. Yeah. This, this community and uh, the community is made up of individuals that are just so supportive yourself included. I'm privileged. I'm honored to just be a part of that. And thank you. I hope you know that it's, uh, it it works both ways. Definitely. Uh, the feeling is mutual. Yay. Okay. Um, so the value judgment that I've since confronted is that I sales boss versus sales leader. I'm not going to give any away. Well, I guess this will come out after the Scott Lee's episode. So Scott Lee's just wrote that book, um, the modern, it's not in front of me, but it's like a playbook for the modern sales VP. And I essentially, so my dad was in sales, right? I was raised by a seller who then became leader and across the board. And so the bar was really high. Um, I, yeah. And so there's a bunch of reasons why I decided long ago that I never wanted to be a sales manager or above, but that those were wrong really. And the timing of, you know, kind of showing back up in that, in that leadership capacity um, is a thing. And so this is now what I'm starting to think about is how to bring the sales enablement experience and even C-level startups that have been acquired. But anyway, so just pursuing and then honing in even deeper on what I'm, what I'm good at, which is category defining products and enterprise selling. That's kind of my specialization, but anyway, so that's, 
that's the new thing. But like, if I'm being fucking honest right now, the idea of hitting a network and like putting the word out and being vulnerable like that, um, it's scary. Like I haven't said this to one person to the first person. So why not do it on a fucking podcast? That's going to go public and like, just get it right out there. But, uh, yeah, so these are, this is now what I'm, what I'm thinking through and thinking about particularly as it relates to all the women that have left the workforce this past year. And, you know, here, Larry, I went my whole career thinking we're just going to leave the force a little bit greener than we found it a little bit greener. And to see the setback like that HBR's called Harvard business reviews, calling it a crisis, um, numbers rival or like we're back to the late eighties, early nineties. And then the, this is not a forgiving space for, you know, women to come back into after exiting. And so just like the, the responsibility to do so. Right. And so these are all the things that I'm thinking, but I'm scared. Which there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. That's only natural. The big thing is what you're going to do about it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that that fear doesn't paralyze you and it uh, drives you to take continued action to make a difference, which I know you will. Yes. Yes, I will. Okay. So now the final two questions. The first one in your entire career, what is the hardest conversation, most uncomfortable conversation in a revenue context, but it could be like across the board, including like hiring manager, boss, peer, spouse, child, right? There's ripple effects to not allowing mental health into the conversation at all. And so the sales conversation, but anyway, so what is the hardest, most uncomfortable conversation that you've ever had to have? Wow. It's, it's for me, it really comes down to firing folks which is a part of as a leader and in sales, you have to let folks go sometimes if it's not a fit. And for me, it is oh the most uncomfortable that I can get. I don't get a lot of sleep, don't get good sleep in advance. I don't feel good about it. And I don't, I don't know if anyone ever feels good, but it just, it gets me tied in the knots pretty badly whenever I have to let someone go. And I can justify and say, oh, it's going to be better for them, better for the org if we're not together. But still, these are folks who have obligations. They've got financial obligations, family obligations. Just you talk about mental health. It's uh, it's never a good thing. So every time I've had to let someone go, it, it's been really, really bad. It's, it's been, it hasn't been an enjoyable experience for me. And uh, I don't know. I, 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 for me, I think that's a good thing. I don't ever want to get accustomed to or comfortable with letting someone go, even if it's not a fit. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. It's just never a good feeling because I love people. I love lifting up people. And that right there can be lifting up someone. But at the time, it's not. You're, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Oh, you're demolishing someone. And it's it's just not a good feeling. So that, in my experience, and I've had to do it several times, uh, just never, never been, uh, never been a good thing. Okay. So I kind of want to go into this one because I know that you've spent time with Ryan Walsh. Um, remind me of the company, the uh, channel, channel, channel advisors. advisors. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yep. 
So I think there's a, I think that we have a problem. One of the problems in our profession is that when it comes to PIP plans, we don't generally distinguish between those that are applying effort to change and grow and develop and get better versus those that are not. That's right. That's right. And that's a massive difference. Yep. Right. And it's also easy to do, right. It's not that difficult uh, to measure and to create systems around like who's applying effort and you could do it right in the Google workspace activity dashboard and look at how frequently or whatever someone's opening up your content or playbooks or whatever, um, especially the new ones. But anyway, that's, that one's for free. But so I'm curious, like when you had to have these conversations, was there ever a time where you felt forced to fire somebody mm. versus, mm. you know, so where's that line? Mm. I, I've been, I've been fortunate, never been forced. It's uh, I mean, we, we've had, and you talked about a PIP performance improvement plan. We had a PIP program, essentially, if you're not meeting it three months in a row, you go on a plan, you get 60, 60 days, you get 30 days, you got to get to this thing. And uh, 60 days, you got to get to this level. Mm -hmm. And I've, oh, goodness, in my career, I've never, I've never experienced someone rallying back. Actually, no, one time, one time, I had a young lady who rallied back from a pip. But every other instance, it just, it never worked out the way that it's intended to, at least the way that I think it's intended to. You talked about Ryan Walsh. He was my sales leader at Channel Advisor, and uh, I've really been fortunate to, uh, to, to be a brand ambassador, advisor to RepView, which just raised a million dollars, uh, first round, seed round today. And uh, you talk about what the team is doing, what RepView is doing, it's changing the game. It's giving a peek underneath the covers into all of this stuff that's been under lock and key for sales professionals for way too long. Hmm. So you were enforced. Okay, so so let's bring it back a step further. So I'm I'm with you on celebrating um, Ryan Walsh and RepView. Congratulations, friends. I mean, nobody deserves it more. And like the data that's starting to come out of there and the bright spots of being um, <sighs> socialized. It's just amazing. And Larry, I'm laughing. Like you should, you should check out the Mark Cosiclo episode, the one that just went live today with he's the VP over at Outreach. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting spin on this one. Okay. But anyway, so back to the pips, like if nobody's rallied back from them and that's been your experience, which is, you know, sounds about right. Um, have you ever felt I don't want to say forced, but forced to put someone on the pip in the first place, yeah, knowing where yeah. it's going to go. Yeah, yeah, we we all know how the how the story ends, <laughs> and, but it's it's one of those where you've got to go through, I guess, uh, the 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 process just to give folks a chance because you never know, you never know, and maybe it was. I'll be honest with you, maybe it was me. I mean, I'm not. I'm not opposed to looking in the mirror and saying, hey, maybe you just weren't a good enough leader to, to get them to where they need to be. Maybe it just wasn't the right fit. fit yeah. 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 Which, which happens so often it where, does. Where, where folks are great 
in the right environment. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love RepView because mm -hmm. it shares with you. You know whether it's uh, heavy outbound or if it's inbound. You know what the lead flow looks like. You know what the compensation, you know the product market fit, the culture. If, if, if all you want to do is maximize your revenues and your income, there's certain organizations that are perfect for you. Right. If you're more aligned with wanting to be in an inclusive, a welcoming environment, and, and the money isn't a priority, then there's great, there's a great fit for you. What happens from my from my observation is there's mismatches. And and yes, there's mis, mis, mismatch uh, people, but there's mismatches in the alignment of what folks are looking for and what the organization is all about. And that's when the trouble happens where it's just Uh, yeah. Okay. Listeners, Larry, just, that was a very expressive bomb, bomb explosion. Those hand gestures were pretty fantastic. Um, could you just do the sound effects one more time, just a little bit closer in the microphone? <laughs> Wait, you were on mute, but I, now I have the video of that with your face up there. <laughs> oh my God. That's hysterical. Okay. So anyway, I, um, okay. So final piece of advice for tech sellers about uncomfortable conversations. And then I want to hear about like how listeners can find you and what you're working on and what you're excited about for the next, um, I don't want to say like pro, like quick promo or what are the services, but I want everybody to, that's listening to know where they can get more Larry Long Jr. in their life. Okay. So final piece of advice for, for our listeners about uncomfortable or one piece of advice for our listeners about uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, it's uh, I, I would advise hit it head on. Don't avoid it, which can sometimes be human tendency where you don't want to have those uncomfortable conversations. Uh, I've seen it plenty of times where folks keep it in and this is just anything, but especially in the professional sense, in the sales world, the business world, You've got to be brutally honest. You can be constructive, but you've got to let someone know how you feel mm -hmm. or else there's no chance. There's very little chance that it's going to change. <laughs> and folks aren't mind readers. So. I was just going to say that. If anybody figured out how to mind read, I'm still looking. Like, come find <laughs> me, please. I'll be very excited about that and we'll, we'll reward accordingly. Um, but you're right. Folks are not mind readers. Yeah, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable with those conversations and realizing that in the spirit of getting better all around, there's nothing wrong with voicing uh, what's on your mind. Now, I would encourage you to come with potential solutions mm. uh, so that you can show that you've put your thinking cap on, you've been thoughtful and mindful and that you really do care, uh, which certainly makes it so much better for everyone who's involved. So great. I'm thinking about like, so all the, all the answers to this one now for all the episodes, like I, there's been, it's been mind blowing actually. So this is Larry, one big deep ass practice for myself, right. About uncomfortable conversations and understanding the nature of them and how to show up better. And, but that said, like the themes are running through. So I'm starting to think about like repurposing content in a way that kind of connects the dots. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so that was, that was excellent. And it, like, I want to, you got three minutes and I want, I'd rather hear about your stuff, but I also like, there's a piece of me that 
is sad about not being able to dig into this, like, you know, this happy or, you know, I don't want to say fake kumbaya, but this fake kumbaya versus avoid conflict. Right. And kind of convince ourselves that we're doing the right thing when we avoid, um, because we're conflict adverse, but anyway, so, but I'd rather hear your shit. So tell we're, me, we're, we're going to do round two, of course, come on now. I've, I don't, I don't want to reinvite myself back, but I am. I'll be back. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. That was excellent. Okay. So tell me about, tell me about how, um, like what listeners can do to bring more Larry Long Jr. in their life. Yeah. Holla at me on LinkedIn, Larry Long Jr. Smile for a mile, face for radio. I now have a website that's live, LarryLongJr.com. And, and I mean, you do I'm trainings super... and yeah. coaching. That's right. That's okay. right. It, it goes beyond the keynote. It's uh, really at the core. I'm hoping to have a positive impact on individuals' lives and organizations' lives through their individual employees. And that looks many different ways, right. workshops, right. Uh, keynote speak. Uh, I saw some of the courses online. Yeah. Online on-demand sales training course, you name it. One-on-one mm-hmm. -on -one coaching, team coaching. That's really, I'm, I'm on a mission to impact as many individuals lives. 10,000 for the second half of this year is my goal. Mm -hmm. And I have an opportunity to really blow that out, which is my hope. Yay. I'm so excited to, to watch you do that. And also, you know, to get this episode out and even contribute in the little teeniest, tiniest ways, because oh, as time. we already discussed, the best is yet to come. All right, Larry Long Jr. Thank you for your time. You are the best. Thank you, Amy. And to our listeners, thank you for spending and investing the time with us today. Truth, love, and joy, friends. Happy selling. Man, that was heavy, but necessary, you know, important, important stuff being thrown around. Virtues that we as humans can build a sturdy foundation on. I heard words like trust. I heard words like action. I heard words like consistency. And uh, I think this is important, but I, I also live in the real world, right? Where I trust that the action Amy didn't take was to consistently feed the dog or file her legal disclaimer paperwork from all the unnecessary risks she takes on a weekly basis. Karen is gonna be pissed. Karen! All right, friends. The only way this works as a hotline is if we find some people to come play. Anybody who's interested or brave enough or desperate enough, because let's be serious, that's where it's at. Everything you need to know is in the show notes. Yeah, call, absolutely. Call in. Don't have enough to do? You want a couple of books to read? Maybe we can boss you around for a couple hours? Yeah, please. By all means, call. If you like what you're hearing or are excited for this shit show and where it's going to go, definitely follow us on whatever podcast device is your preference, even though I, I seriously have a hard time identifying with anything non-Spotify, but you know, I guess I'll come to terms with that. If you find any value in things that we're talking about, do tell a friend. I consider that the highest honor. Of course, there's always the public review of any kind, although part of me thinks that I should not ask that until we're out of beta. 
Just a note for sponsors from Karen and Pete down in Legal, we are anxious to receive your call. And if you are looking to help or join the cause or create change in a positive way, please reach out to anyone but me because I have enough to do. And Amy will definitely be interested in taking your money to help more people, which is what we do here. You know, stuff, legal stuff. You know, it's pretty crazy. I still can't believe people listen to shit I say. Yeah, like there, there's certainly a kernel of truth somewhere in there, but you know, it's, it's just, it's wrapped up in a story. Order the dog food, Amy. Order it. Chewy.com. Possible sponsor. Lola, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, baby. I love you. Here, take some pets. Come, come sit up on my lap. I don't know about you listeners, but I enjoy my podcast on Stitcher. I mean, I don't have a premium account because I'm holding out for sponsorship. Hey, Stitcher, looking at you. Also, I believe we mentioned Chewy, so there will be a link to them in the show notes, even though we are not sponsored by them. And I bought my dog food at Target this week because it was on sale and I saved on shipping. All right, friends. Thank you for listening to the conversation. For more ridiculousness, check out the extended cut of the outro. And that's a wrap. I can't. I can't. I can't. So this is Pete, your disclaimer specialist, coming to you at the super secret disclaimer portion of the show because this is a pod about transparency and difficult conversations. And with everyone being so open and honest, um, I must be. So here goes. Um, as the outroer to the outroe, I'm sorry. I apologize. You know, I, I misled you intentionally. As your attorney, I must confess that I am not a fucking attorney. Um, I have not passed the bar exam in the state in which I live. I uh, have never represented anyone well. In anything, let alone in a court of law. Um, but again, these are difficult conversations that we're, Amy's having with, with her guests, and and I lied, and I should tell you that I should be open and honest because, you know, we have been. So, we can all be better. We can all do better together. And now I'm just rambling at this point. It's just who cares? It's an outro, right? Like this is just gonna fade into blackness like the Mars rover, maybe a little bit less sad. That was fucking sad. Oh, let's not be that sad. Come on, guys. We can do better.